Tēnā koea, nō mai, haere mai, my name is Will Appleby and welcome to Animal Matters. Today on the show I will be joined by Shanti Aluwalia, who is a campaign manager at the New Zealand Anti-Vivisection Society, also known as NZABS. Shanti is a veteran campaigner and in fact he used to work for SAFE, but today he's focused on ending animal testing in Aotearoa. A few weeks ago, I spoke to Aisha Akhtar from the US-based Centre for Contemporary Sciences. Having previously worked at the US Food and Drug Administration, Aisha shared with us some incredible insights from an international perspective. So today, we'll be hearing a local perspective, and specifically Aotearoa's relationship with animal testing. So without further ado, here is my corridor with Shanti Alawalia from NZAVS. Well, um, look, thanks for joining me today. Uh, Happy to be here. Just to begin with, could you give us an overview to start with? What kinds of animal tests are legal in New Zealand? Virtually everything is uh, allowed. So almost complete discretion is given to animal ethics committees to decide on how animals can be used in science in Aotearoa. Uh, And so that includes the use of animals for research, testing and teaching. For the most part, they can approve whatever they want, and they're exempt from any form of liability as long as they are acting in good faith. Uh, there's a couple of exceptions, and that's uh, there's a ban on cosmetic testing on animals, ban on legal hives being tested on animals, and there's four species of primates that can't be used unless um, specific criteria are met. The, the cosmetic testing, so that's, that's banned in New Zealand, but um, I assume that doesn't stop products being imported that have been tested on animals overseas, would that be correct? Yeah, that's exactly the problem with cosmetics. So we banned it it taking place here in New Zealand, but companies can still perform it overseas or they can still uh, import products uh, from overseas. And so one of the ways we're tackling that is uh, we encourage people to buy specifically cruelty-free products, and we have a cruelty-free guide to help with that. And we're continuing to push to close these loopholes so that we want to make it so that you can't even sell products, uh, cosmetics products that are tested on animals. Mm, and I suppose, um, I mean, the cosmetics that most people would buy would be manufactured by massive overseas companies. So I would imagine many of them on the shelves are tested on animals at some point. Yes, exactly. And many of them use deceptive language because you can claim something like this product is not tested on animals, but then sometimes some of the ingredients are. So that's why we put together a cruelty-free guide to make it uh, really clear what uh, what products are actually safe uh, for animals. What is Why are these cosmetics tested on animals? Is it a requirement overseas? Uh, no. So there's some safety requirements and people often uh, default to animal testing because that's kind of the historical method. It's what people are used to. So they often use that. But there's no, actually no good reason for it. It's not a very reliable method. And so there's lots of uh, superior methods that, as we see, many products uh, do use the non-animal based methods. So cosmetic testing, it's banned, but for um, for pharmaceuticals, I guess New Zealand's not a big powerhouse of pharmaceuticals, but in the States, the FDA obviously requires that pharmaceuticals go through animal trials before they can be approved. Is that a similar case in New Zealand? So in New Zealand, the rules are very complex, and even the industries performing the tests do not always understand the rules. <laughs> for, for pharmaceuticals, there is nothing actually written in law saying that you must use non-human animals. However, 
for a product to actually get approved, it's extremely unlikely that it would happen without the use of animals. And this, again, is that outdated culture of thinking that we have to use animal-based uh, research uh, when really the animals do not represent humans very well and they're not a very reliable method. Is it sort of a culturally ingrained, perhaps at Pharmac, that um, for pharmaceuticals to be approved, they're looking at the the evidence, looking at what trials it has passed, and if there's if it's been through animal or non-human animal trials, um, that's a that's a good sign for them. Yeah, so that's that's uh, basically an issue with medical science at the moment is that, of course, no technique is a hundred percent reliable. Uh, and so when we look at new techniques, people often say, oh, it's not 100% reliable, we should not use it. Uh, but they don't consider that a technique might be more reliable than animals because animals themselves are extremely unreliable and often non-humans uh, do not have physiologies that behave like ours at all. Yeah, so... Um could you talk about some of those alternatives that are available? Um, we spoke to Aisha Akhtar recently about um, some of the alternatives for, for pharmaceuticals, but perhaps cosmetics, what could these companies be using to, to test the efficacy or safety of their cosmetics? Well, of course, the, uh, the best possible test is uh, testing on humans, but the key is getting a product safe enough that you're willing to test it on human participants. So to get to that stage, we're looking at, um, for various products, you can have things like computer modeling. Uh, you can do pathway mapping of the uh, cells. So that's where you might look at a, uh, a particular chemical and look at how it behaves in the culture. And the, sorry, in the, you can look at a particular chemical and how it behaves in the human body and you can test each step of the way. Uh, so you can research, oh, we know this is how this particular cell behaves when exposed to this chemical. And you can uh, do step-by-step uh, -step testing like that. Uh, you can, uh, we've got really advanced technologies coming out, like you may have had, heard of like lung on a chip or organ on a chip, where, again, these are these uh, very advanced simulation uh, technologies. Uh, you can take uh, cell cultures from, so actual human cells and test uh, the products on those. Um, and of course, this is cutting edge technology. So every, every year, new, uh, and improved methods are being developed. So it's, it's, um, there's just an amazing assortment of ways that you can try to investigate the safety of any particular product. You mentioned earlier that in New Zealand, cosmetic testing on animals has been banned as well as, um, testing of legal highs or synthetic drugs. What sort of tests are allowed to occur in New Zealand and and what sort of tests are actually occurring in New Zealand? So there will be a wide variety. Of course, there's um, research is really big. Um, so you've got, uh, for instance, Otago does a lot of medical research. Uh, animal agriculture is actually the biggest source of uh, research in New Zealand. We do a lot of uh, research on animals and sometimes they'll claim it for animal welfare, but the vast majority of the time that research is aimed at increasing agricultural productivity. So that's yet another reason to go vegan, of course, is that there's just a horrendous amount of suffering for uh, this research on uh, animals for agriculture. You'll also get it for some types of consumer products, like if you go to the supermarket and you want to buy a cleaning product that may be tested on animals. Uh, and then we also get it for um, a wide variety of 
conservation research, for example. And that's uh, somewhere that our NZAVS's position is that we are p opposed to the harmful use of animals for research. Uh, and so there are some methods where you can uh, test on a species or an animal without harming it. Same way as we do lots of research on humans without harm, and that's where we'd like to lift the bar so that we do this research in a way that even if the animals uh, could give their consent, they would be happy to have this research conducted. You mentioned the um, testing for animals in agriculture. There's been a lot of talk, especially just this last week, around the Climate Change Commission's new report. And there's a lot in it that's banking on the fact that there's going to be some kind of methane uh, mitigator or methane vaccine, because if one of those isn't developed, um, then herd numbers are going to have to fall quite substantially. Is this an area where there's a lot of research going on in New Zealand? And what do you know about the types of tests that they are doing? Uh, it's definitely an area of research that's going on in New Zealand. I don't always know the specific types of tests, but for instance, they do have uh, tests with uh, feed. As you said, they've got tests with um, uh, vaccines. They've even got tests of um, attempting to genetically engineer the animals. And of course, ultimately, we already have a solution for this uh, issue. It's just to decrease herd numbers, as you say. But um, we insist on attempting to use um, these uh, fixes that really don't address the underlying problem, that these animals are just really, really bad for the environment. So, so what is NZAVS's focus right now in terms of animal tests and, and what it wants to end? Uh, so we are hitting it on lots of fronts. The four-swim test is... Um, a single concrete test that we're wanting to get banned. Uh, and that's because it's easy to rally around a single test. And it's also just uh, such a good example of how an outdated test that provides no useful information continues to get used and continues to get approved. Uh, so that's one of our big targets at the moment. But of course, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of different tests. So we can't tackle them one by one. So another one of our big campaigns is our Striking at the Source campaign. And this looks at the big picture and it says, uh, okay, let's uh, try to get funding shifted to support these non-animal-based methods. Let's start to get researchers trained in the non-animal-based methods. And let's do everything we can to kind of shift the long-term approach of this. Uh, and so in this way, we're hitting both short-term, uh, let's get individual test banned, and long-term, let's change the entire system. The four-swim test, tell us a little bit more about that and, it's, and, and where it's being used. So the four-swim test is essentially a useful tool for if a researcher wants to get easily published and get their paper into a journal. <laughs> so that's what it actually is used for. What, they, what the claim it is used for is that it's used, uh, uh, you take a... Um, rat to our mouse and you drop them into a beaker of water and you time how long it takes them to just give up from um, losing hope and uh, the idea is this is supposed to model depression somehow uh, and the recent science has made quite clear that this is not an effective model for human depression this is nothing like human depression just dropping a, a rat into a beaker and so the language has changed to now they say depression-like uh, uh, behavior um, and so they use this, for instance, to develop antidepressants. But when uh, a paper will hopefully be coming out in a, a prestigious journal sometime this year or next year that demonstrates that there is no connection between this test and depression, that if, for instance, you develop an antidepressant uh, to... Uh, sorry. If you de develop an antidepressant using the four-swim test, it 
makes no difference to the likelihood that that antidepressant is going to be helpful for humans. And in fact, it's less accurate than flipping a coin is my understanding of what this research is uh, currently looking like it's going to find. So if you just took a coin and flipped it rather than using the four swim test, you would have more accurate results. So it's worse than useless. Is it still the two universities that are um, that are conducting it, Victoria and Otago? Uh, well, recently we've heard some uh, information that suggests that it may be other universities as well. Uh, and so we don't want to name them until we have rock-solid evidence. But what it's looking like is nobody actually keeps track of this. Uh, and of course, beyond the universities, there's lots of private companies, and nobody knows what the private companies are up to. Uh, and so uh, we were discussing this with actually a member of the government, um, and they were shocked to find out that they, they don't actually collect stats on what's happening. And so it's impossible to say the true, uh, true magnitude of what's happening. Is there much appetite um, in the beehive for to make progress on this issue? There's a whole lot of appetite for progress to happen on this issue, but everybody wants it to be done by somebody else. <laughs> Politicians want to see the four swim test phased out by just, you know, the universities stop using it and other organizations stop using it. Uh, the organizations say, like, well, we'll leave it up to the individual animal ethics committees to decide. And then the animal ethics committees don't want to talk about it. So it's kind of an issue of everybody's passing the, uh, the responsibility around. And that, of course, is the role of a campaigning organization. Here we have a test that the scientific community recognizes is, to be honest, just garbage. And what we need to do then is we need to pr pressure uh, the scientific community and the political community to actually take action on this test because... It really, it's a good example of how uh, these unreliable animal models can actually da damage the credibility of science. Because when the public is seeing uh, you drop a rat into a beaker of water to, mo uh, to model depression, they instinctively know that this is nonsense. They instinctively know this doesn't work. And of course, that's what the science shows, is that this doesn't work. And so it's very damaging to the credibility of science uh, when we're using uh, unreliable models like these. How pervasive is animal testing in New Zealand? I think because it happens behind closed doors in labs, um, it's not something that's widely seen by the public. It's probably an issue that many people don't um, understand is happening in New Zealand. But yeah, how, how, how big is, is animal testing in New Zealand? So it varies from year to year, but typically we're talking about 300,000 animals per year. And uh, this will have a wide range of impacts. So you'll have things like the four swim test, which um, is as horrible as it is, is often classified as low impact because they're not doing anything uh, that invasive. Uh, and then they will have uh, a smaller proportion. So maybe thousands or tens of thousands will have the very high impact sorts of research. And these are so graphic that perhaps I shouldn't go too much into detail, but these will involve the things where like, they would be absolutely illegal to do, except for the wide amount of uh, leeway that is given to these uh, scientific endeavors. Right, yeah, it's something like if it was happening on a farm, you would be, it would be absolutely illegal, but when it's happening in a lab, that's, that's fine. Yes, and so basically the principle in law is that as long as the benefits outweigh the harms, then the research is allowed to take place. One of the issues, though, is that the people in charge of determining whether the benefits outweigh the harms are the animal ethics committees. And whilst their name has animal ethics in the name, in practice, they're actually industry, industry groups. 
Because what you have is you'll have a university, for instance, put together its own animal ethics committee. The university selects who goes on that committee. And then, of course, those people are all going to be biased towards uh, using animals. In fact, if you had an animal committee that declined every application that it received on ethical grounds, that committee would be fired very, very quickly. Where to from here for some of these things? And and perhaps what can um, the people listening do to... To, to push this along so uh in the short term we're pushing continuing to push for the a ban on the four swim test and basically just keep an eye on what we're up to because at the moment we're behind the scenes on the four swim test but in a few months we will have completed our behind the scenes work and start ramping up to public pressure again so being ready to assist on that would be really really helpful in the long term, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to shift from a model of where we currently have a system that is designed to approve animal experiments. What we need to move to is a system designed to phase out animal experiments, to start uh, turning over to uh, the superior technologies of the 21st century. And so that is what our Striking at the Source campaign is about, and that is a petition you can find on our website, nzabs.org.nz. And this petition for striking at the source uh, covers a huge number of issues. You can read about uh, all, the, it, all the details on our website. And the basic idea of it is that we're trying to shift science over time so that we start using these amazing technologies of the 21st century instead of the outdated animal model. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.